Hello, my name is Julia Steyer, a contributor to Stage Raw, and welcome to Stages of Our City. Stage Raw is a Los Angeles-based theater discussion website that seeks to discover hidden theatrical gems and companies in the unexpected corners of our region. Join us for a conversation among Stage Raw critics about what they've seen in the area and sometimes beyond. From small black box theaters to large commercial venues, the critics of Stage Raw make it their mission to witness the wide range of stories that our theater makers are telling. Please welcome our moderator, founding editor, Stephen Lee Morris. This is Stages of Our City. Juliza Commodore and Terry Morgan, welcome to Stages of Our City. Hi. We have four plays to discuss here. Two of them have closed and two of them are still running. Let's start with the ones that are still running. We have Jeremy O'Harris's slave play running at the Mark Taper Forum through March 12th. It was seen by both of you. Juliza, do you want to lead off with that? Yeah. Um, I did see Slave Play. I was able to see it with the um, 25 and Under program that CTG offers, which is great. If you don't do that, if you're 25 and Under, I highly suggest that for $5. It's great. I did see Slave Play. I'm not sure how I made it through, but I did. (laughs) Well, I wanted to see the entire show so that I could, you know, have my perspective on it and not another person's. Yes. It was disturbing as a young Black woman, as a Black woman in general. It was very disturbing. What aspects of it were disturbing? It is the story, just just to provide some context to to help listeners along, it is sprung from two researchers doing an experiment, a therapy session. The researchers themselves are a white-black couple. They are a female couple. Mm. And there are three other couples who are different races. They're black and white. Right, yeah. And... um, they act out fantasies as part of this psychodrama, as this is ostensibly mm. part of the research and in enacting out those fantasies. Some of those fantasies are straight out of a sort of a, a southern plantation porn, porn movie. That they're they're simply sadomasochistic fantasies that are played out. And I'll, that's as much as I'll say. It's a series mm-hmm. of vignettes. It is designed to be comedic, and yet mm. land a punch mm, yeah. and land a punch at the end. So. Which aspects of it that you remember that upset you? I think it's a big mistake to um, think that you can joke about slavery and make it a comedy at the expense of Black people. I think we have to ask ourselves when we do our art, what are we doing this for and why? And Yeah, what is why? And it's disgusting to see... I'm trying to... uh, Yeah, it, it makes me upset to see, you know... There are scenes of degradation, is that what you're referring to? Yes. It it does not make me comfortable to see Black bodies on stage being used performatively for entertainment. And my ancestors went through those things. And it's not a joke at all. And then on top of that, yeah, I I understand, you know, that comedy, comedy itself, you know, has a lot of qualities that, you know, we know about things that are dark or things like that. But when it comes to slavery, mm-hmm. when it comes to the delicacy of Black women and how we're often seen, whether it's on stage or, or just personally, it's not okay. like as a young Black woman, I have an experience that you, you will never understand, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, 
I've learned a lot in my life in these <laughs> past few years, really, just about how I'm viewed in the world. But mm-hmm. back to the play itself, just think about how much of a joke it seemed. Because nothing you can't joke about such topics. Even, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but can you ask another question? Because I don't want to spoil anything about it, but it's, no, it's I understand. just, yeah. This is a predecessor. This is a descendant, you could say, of a couple mm-hmm. of plays. This is a play that Susan Laurie Parks had performed in New York, and it was it closed because of the pandemic, but it also had very mm. disturbing role-playing in which somebody was asked to take on roles that they found mm. personally repulsive, and it's what happened when they absorbed those roles. So there's a lot of this is about playing people we're not. And the, the other mm-hmm. descendant theatrical ancestor is George C. Wolfe's uh, The Colored Museum, which played... Oh, yes. We did some of that in our, actually in my high school. We've done, well, like not the full play, but like pieces of it we did in class. I do know that show a little bit. So that, that takes cl- cliches. Mm-hmm. There's, there's Aunt Jemima up there. I remember there was Aunt Jemima. And so what's the difference then between that kind mm-hmm. of lampoon of Black images and well, what? you know, I, I have to say, I'm sorry. No, no, please. No, no. Go I ahead. have to say, I just for clarity, I don't know the full play from the Color Museum. It's just we did a few pieces from it. I do know it's like satire. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's all about, once again, going back to the why am I doing this? And what message am I getting across? When I saw a slave play, I didn't get it. The message, I didn't get like a, a profound message from that. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. didn't get like, I didn't feel empowered. I felt when I left, you know, it's an issue when you have people looking at you for a reaction because I was sitting there in that theater, Senate Theater Group, at the Mark Taper Forum next to a, an older white man and a, and a young Asian woman. And after the show, they were looking at me like, are you OK? Mm-hmm. I've never had that kind of experience in my life. Mm-hmm. But because I paid my nine dollars for parking, I stayed with the show. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I paid for this, so we're going to sit here. But no, it definitely hurts my heart because it's a serious topic. Being a young black woman in the industry, but also just in life, and to see us being mocked—that's what it was. It was a mockery. You don't mock your people. I'm sorry, and if you do, you do it in a way that I guess is more um, meaningful. But I, there was no meaning for me seeing that show. It literally left me. It actually irritated me when I left because I was thinking about what did I get from that. Thank you, Juliza. Thank you, Terry. I, I, hard to say. I mean, I felt like it didn't hit me as personally. I didn't find it to be, um, I didn't find it to be as shocking. I, I had deliberately, I'd heard about this play opening up on Broadway a few years ago, and I knew it would probably eventually get here. And so I had deliberately not sought out any information about it because I heard that part of the thing was, it was, there was some surprise to it, some sort of audacious, shocking elements. And so I really went in pretty blank, you know, and when it turned out to be about, you know, basically couples therapy um, with the particular theme of the the relationship between the black and white couples, I knew that going in. I mean, I just tell immediately the very first scenes is three scenes of, of like sexual fantasies essentially being lived out. But even within the play, it made it kind of obvious that this wasn't meant to be reality. This was they were performing something. And then you find out that that's exactly what it is. So because of that, because I knew it was supposed to be people play acting, that didn't bother me as much. I, I thought, okay, people have all sorts of different kinds of fantasies, and that doesn't seem like it's for me to judge and what have you. Um, I thought it was reasonably well written. 
I thought it was surprisingly funny, you know, but it was also very serious at times too. I just felt like I thought about two thirds of it worked reasonably well. And I thought towards the ending, it, it became a little bit more generic. And then the final scene, which we don't want to talk about what it is, but I wasn't exactly sure what the playwright wanted us to get out of it. And that may be intentional. You know, it may be intentional that we're supposed to talk about it and see what that is. But uh, I thought it was a decent production of that play. I, I, you know, I'm sort of two thirds liked it, but I, I felt like the ending didn't quite, you know, pull off the landing as it were. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I thought some of the performances were quite good. I thought uh, I wrote her name down. Let's see here. Antoinette, Antoinette Crow Legacy as Kenesha. I thought she was very good. She was really the person I thought that really brought the drama the most and that there was the most sort of dramatic stakes I feel mm -hmm. like. And then in terms of the comedic thing, there was an actress named uh, Elizabeth Stallman who played Alana, who was very sort of clueless and selfish, but I thought she played it very nice. In terms of a comedy performance, I thought it was very well, very well done. So those were the, sort of the highlights for that. Uh, in terms of the set, the set famously is a wall of mirrors. So the whole audience has to watch itself while it's, you know, while the show is going on. I didn't find that to be that that added much. I did actually kind of watch some of the audience during some of the show to see if there was anything really to see if see if people were having strong reactions or negative or positive. And I didn't see that. It seemed to me everybody I was looking at was just politely watching the show. And so I didn't feel like the wall of the wall of mirrors felt more what, hype what was than it, when you saw it, what was the audience demographic or do you recall? Was it predominantly white? Was it mixed? Was it? I saw it on opening night and uh, I don't, I wasn't really, you know, I didn't make a good count, but I felt that there were, there were a lot of African-Americans there. Uh -huh. So I thought that there was a good mix, but I mm -hmm. couldn't tell you what the percentage. Could you discern a difference in the reactions of the two demographics? I did not know. I, I just, yeah. I wasn't spending a whole lot of time on it, but what you were I did watching, see, too, was watching the play rather than the audience. Yeah. I was watching the play because I knew right. I'd, I'd probably be having to talk about it, but um, yeah. also yeah, I looked several times just to kind of see if there was anything to it, if I was seeing huge reactions, and I wasn't. Paul Grelling's Power of Sale at the Geffen Playhouse. You saw that, Terry. I did. I saw that last night. I was impressed. Um, it, Grelong, first off, is a playwright that I was unfamiliar with, but on the basis of this, I would definitely say he's somebody to watch. Uh, I thought it was a very well-put-together drama. The basics of it, Brian Cranston plays an uh, older academic who has a very famous uh, seminar that every year he has various people come and speak on a particular topic. And this particular year, he's decided to talk about extremism. And as the play begins, he's invited a famous uh, white supremacist to come and speak. And his idea that he keeps telling everybody is that I, I, I don't agree with the supremacist. I just want to uh, you know, destroy him in an argument. And the thing he keeps saying is the only way to destroy hate speech is more speech. Which so it looks like the play is going to kind of be about what is it uh, free speech and so on and so forth. It doesn't end up ultimately being kind of about that. It ends up kind of going in a different direction. But I thought it was a very well written drama. I thought the uh, the actors were all fantastic. Cranston was fantastic. Um, this actor Seth Numerick plays one of his uh, sort of grad student assistants. I thought he really stood out quite a bit. I thought it was very clever the structure of the play. Here's a question. Um, I have a question for you. Both Juliza and you uh, felt that slave play did not deliver an impression that was resonant at the end. You were yes. confused by the ending, and 
July. Yes. I'm curious of Power of Sale. Does, did that suffer from the same thing or did that have a... Actually, in a weird way, I felt like Power of Sale was more consistent in its quality than Slave Play. I felt like it was consistent throughout in terms of the writing. Did it, leave, the did it leave an impression in a view of the world that was satisfying? I mean, I don't know that it was, it was, it wasn't that kind of play, ultimately. It wasn't the kind of play where you come out and your, your vision of the world has been changed. But I was satisfied with the play. I, I thought it was well done and I, I enjoyed it as far as it went. And you, did it explore the issues of speech and free speech? Well, you said it turned into something else. So, although it started as an issue. I, I don't, I, yeah, it's, it's a spoiler territory. With, okay, you know, so we'll, 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 we'll let that go. Paul Grelong's Power of Sale plays at the Geffen Playhouse through March 15th. Juliza, you saw Umoja, which is Ladarian. Hi. Hi, welcome back. <laughs> it's Ladarian Williams's play, um, yeah. produced in association with Black Creators Collective, and it was at the Will Agee Playhouse in Inglewood, and it is now yes. closed. Tell us about that, please. So this was my first time actually attending this, uh, seeing the show, but also this playhouse um, going there, which was great. It was very intimate, directed by Shelley Boone as well. It was just, first of all, it's contemporary. It's, it's like based in 2020, I believe, either 2021 or 2022. So it's very current. And that's what I really enjoyed about it because it addressed different issues that my generation talks about. But um, basically the show, it's about these Black students on a predominantly white college campus. And they're trying mm. to create a program that um, basically is for them because they don't feel seen. And I, there's just so many... All of the the entire cast was just so good. And from Elijah Reed, who plays Trayvon Gardner. Actually, no, I believe Elijah. I think this is actually, this might be incorrect on line. But um, I believe Trayvon, because actually speaking of the playbill, it's actually a, a mobile one. It was, it's on your phone. It's not, uh, there were no paper ones. The times were in. But um, Thursday, she played Nikki. And then, oh, BJ Minor. Oh, he... <laughs> was just so funny but some of the topics for example were like intersectionality with being black and being gay which is a very important topic intersectionality alone like that's an important topic to talk about so it was very refreshing to see that on stage i hadn't i've never seen that actually on stage i've never seen a conversation about that i don't want to even though it did close i still don't want to spoil it Fair so enough. let me think. I don't because it's going to. It may well things. be. It may well be streaming in the near future. Exactly. I don't want to spoil it, but it's it's very important to today, um, and it's it's heartwarming too. It, it wasn't just all sadness. It was. It's a great balance in in reality of you know people who look like me. So I appreciated that. Umoja, yeah. Umoja, the Will Agi Playhouse, written by Ladarian Williams, and I am sure we're going to be hearing more from him. Let's close out with. Idris Goodwin's uh, How We Got On at Sacred Fools Theater, that also is now closed. Terry? Actually, no. It's, uh, I don't know whether they extended or whether there was just some sort of error, but it closes in a week. So it closes... Uh, it, the, it closes on the 26th. Very good. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So, so technically, people could get, uh, get a chance to see it. I enjoyed it. Um, I, uh, it's basically a play about... Well, what I thought it was about was it was... And it is. It's sort of a character piece about three young people, sort of at the late 90s, living in the middle of the country, all very interested in rap, which is kind of just getting rolling. I guess Yo! MTV Raps had just premiered not long before that. And it's how they're all trying to pursue, you know, their dreams of becoming a rapper in various ways on local level. 
and which is fine. And I thought it was well done and the cast was good and it was funny and amusing and all of that. But really, I, what I found more interesting about it was the playwright, it was a good one, provides you with sort of a primer for, you know, how to put rap together. If you had actually wanted to do it and knew nothing about it, this play actually gets down to the, the brass tacks and talks about, you know, alliteration and metaphor and, and the nitty gritty of how to win a rap battle and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And I found that mm-hmm. interesting, you know, mm-hmm. that somebody actually mm-hmm. would literally, it was almost like a scientific lecture to some degree. So in mm-hmm. the middle of this play, there was that. But overall, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, you know, it was uh, energetic and entertaining. And that plays through February 26th at Sacred Fools Theater in Hollywood. Terry Morgan and Juliza Commodore, thank you so much for, for joining us. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us today on this episode of Stages of Our City. To learn more about Stage Raw or the Los Angeles theater scene, visit www.stageraw.com. And be sure to support us on Patreon so that we may continue to highlight the work of theater makers here in the City of Angels. I'm Julia Steyer, and this has been Stages of Our City. Till next time!